I'm Norman Thurecht from Picture Pharmacy, and I'm joined today by Steve Kastronakis, founder, director, and pharmacist of the Platform Alliance Group. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Norman. Thanks for the opportunity. Steve, um, in your world over the last two years, it's been pretty exciting. For our listeners, just just step us through what's happened um, to the group. Just to give you a brief outline, and I'll try and keep it to the last, um, say, 18 months or, or two years, uh, the, I was uh, the CEO and director of the Advantage Group, and we had approximately 280 members in our group under the Advantage Pharmacy banner and Chemist Discount Centre banner, and we merged in October 2020 with the Instigo Group, as owned by Michael Flannery, to create a group of approximately 360 members. Um, we organically have grown over the last 18 months. Um, and as of March 2022, we had around 390 stores in our group. And um, as of March, we have now merged and done a JV with the with Pharmacy Alliance. And that merger has now created the new group, the Platform Alliance Group, with just under 1,200 member stores. That's fantastic, Steve. That's a, that's a really good outcome and, and a lot of activity in the last two years. So you've obviously been quite busy. Well, it's interesting that it, um, these, you know, some of these great things have actually happened in a lockdown situation, which goes to show that if there's a will, there's a way. And you know, we've really worked you know, diligently to ensure that you know, we've kept on evolving during the, the, the period. And you know, it's, yeah, Zoom has a lot to answer for. <laughs> it does. It does. It's changed everything. Which brings me to the interesting point, Steve, around um, the industry. And, you know, we've been in this sort of pandemic world for the last two years. And, and as far as you can see from what the stores that you look after, and I know that's obviously grown over the last couple of years, but what are those, what are the biggest challenges that you think they've fronted? Yeah, there's a number of points to it. And that, I think one of the first points is, it was really around staying strong. And if you, I know this sounds pretty incredulous at this point, but when you go back to March, 2020, the, the first challenge was actually staying alive. Uh, I remember people being so scared at the time, and I know we've all been vaccinated now and we all feel comfortable, but part of it was, you know, how do we stay safe and how do we uh, survive and stay strong to be able to allow our members who are our customers uh, to be able to keep on trading. So the, the strength of the group and, um, yeah, to have that support for our independent pharmacies you know, is actually vitally important. Um, and you, when you go back to that first inception, and, and I reflect back to, to March 2020 and, and April and May, it was really around ensuring that continuous supply of essential medicines um, and, the, and the generics and making sure that you know we allowed our independent pharmacies to have access to medicines in that timely manner to be able to help their local communities. And I remember the investment that we had to make. And as a group, uh, I think the, the investment was something in the order of around $2.5 million where we had to pre-purchase generic medicines in order to be able to service our, our membership. And I know that that was something that the membership truly appreciated at the time because they spent so much time. And I saw in my own pharmacies the amount of time pharmacists spent on the phone trying to access medicines and ringing multiple wholesalers and suppliers and not getting that. And then we went through that sourcing the consumables. You know, the, there was the, the masks, the sanitizer, the privacy screens, um, going through the vaccination protocols, uh, you know, the rat tests that we've done. And, you know, all of these things to protect the, you know, the pharmacies and the, and the, and the pharmacy staff 
to allow them to actually work to keep their workflow going and also just really thinking outside of the box to how do we advise that that pharmacy network and the pharmacies to to adjust their, their workflow during that pandemic you know from um, staggered rosters you know like when you've got regional stores uh, where you don't have uh, you know lots of pharmacists to, to call upon and how do you sort of stagger rosters how do you keep your staff distanced and safe um, and then you get into you know encouraging e-prescriptions how do you uptake that technology uh, you know and you've got some stores you've got some proprietors that are really eager to take on technology and then you've got some that are resistant um, how do you get them to use you know like medication management apps um, adoption of click and collect and some of those services that their patients are asking for and you're getting this push up from the patients asking for, for services that you know, pharmacies had never really been asked for before. And that was some really challenging times for our members that click and collect was something that you only had really heard in a large retail format, not something that had been really demanded for in pharmacy. Out of that also comes opportunity. I think the I think health has really it's been it's had a great it's been its time to shine and I think and especially pharmacy has had a, a great opportunity and a, and a great platform uh, to connect with the actual with the community um, at a local level and and I think pharmacy has been at, at the forefront of that because we have remained open and and one of the things that has been astounding and I'm very proud as a pharmacist is the fact that we have kept our doors open you know. People's GPs have gone online. You, know, you couldn't get in to see your GP. We had GPs saying, go to your pharmacy to get your blood pressure tested. Um, yeah, go and see your local pharmacy. So, you know, like, and I think what was, um, you know, our profession actually stood up. And I think that we're seeing people that have come into our pharmacies that we've never had as either patients or customers in the past. And, and I think... And I think it's and I think it's great and it's put us. I mean, yeah, and it's the holy grail is yeah. How do you talk to the consumer and yeah? And I think we're, we're we are now talking to the consumer in a different way, and they are starting to see the value of pharmacy. And no advertising can actually buy you that loyalty and that love by the consumer that we're actually seeing. The other opportunity has been is is really in the, in that sort of space of um, as a group. We've invested heavily in technology in terms of our bite right and procurement platform. And you know, how do we change things for our membership in the way to make, you know, we talk about you know, easing the pathway to automation in our stores and making helping our members, um, you know, making life easier for them and, you know, more efficient. And it's really around that efficiency because, you know, pharmacists became even more time poor because they were balancing so many things during the pandemic. But also with relevance to continual supply for the customer. So, you know, if, the, if you've got a program in the background that's, that's helping you buy um, the appropriate amount at the time and, and from the right place, you know, you've got the customer in mind, so you're getting the customer um, delivery model right. Correct. Yep. So it's not about, so it, it was really around, you know, for us at, at that point when I saw people on the phone um, at the end of March and April and they were just being so inefficient um, in some of the stores, you know, for those that actually had the technology and the ease of, you know, if it was, they ordered it, they got the, the you know, like they ordered it, it came back as out of stock, they went to their second or third supplier. That made their life easy. And what was vitally important for us is one of the things that we invested heavily in was actually having a warehouse space with a drugs and poisons license for our members and, you know, having a generic supply and increasing the volume of stock that we kept, you know, for our membership. And, you know, that was something that our membership saw as very valuable at the time where, 
you know, you couldn't actually get generics at the time and they, they were spending so much time, time trying to source from different suppliers. Steve, uh, cast your mind back to March 2020. It's not that yep. long ago, but but we were right on the cusp of, you know, the end of the sixth agreement, the Gilbert in negotiation with the government uh, around the seventh agreement. You know, it was really interesting times, What how that deal was going to fall out uh, at yep. the time. Yeah. My broad view is the, the the guild did an exceptional job at the time, given the the, the time. Yes, correct. Uh, they had to do yes. the deal in. Um, but what's evident is they they've they've continued the the challenge and the battle for pharmacy to actually get pharmacy in front of the patient and delivering services over the last two years. Yes, and I think that that's been a really exciting outcome for pharmacy what what's what's the group doing in relation to embracing some of this stuff around uh, delivery and and services i think when, when you look at the pandemic yeah you always look at you know the downside but there's always the opportunity that actually and how do you morph and how do you change uh, or do you just sort of you know throw everything out of the cot and stop you know, yeah. your, your practice yes. and, and really you know and i think one of the highlights has been for me uh, and you've had this PBS reform and 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 the and the and the downgrade in, in prices and, and the price disclosure. But what it's meant is that you know pharmacists still have debt and they're still got to perform and the banks still want you to perform. And yes, they may defer debt for some time, but that there's nothing called debt forgiveness. No. So <laughs> pharmacists, yeah. So we've all had to morph and all we've we've had to change. And one of the things that um, has come out of this is is this full scope of practice for pharmacy. And I think we we're not we're not there yet, but I think. We are getting closer, and it's just nice to see. And I've gone through the CPAs because, yeah, you know, like when I first started, yes. you know, years ago it was the first CPA. But you know, you look at the, that progression, and now with number seven, and you know, we're getting to that full scope of practice. And, and I look at you know the, the vaccination program, and through our group of stores, I think we've done you know over two hundred thousand you know vaccination services. Um, you know, we're elevating pharmacy services and putting pharmacists at the forefront. Um, yeah. of the patient mind and raising awareness, not of just COVID vaccinations, but this is the opportunity to get pharmacists in front of patients and also give pharmacists the confidence that they can do more. I, I look at the level of engagement, especially of our young pharmacists that, you know, they're out there and they're engaging with patients and, you know, they're working towards, you know, that full scope of practice and what they really trained for. And, and you know, and I look at that um, and I think that that's actually great. Yeah, in your member group, you know, yes. now in the merged in the merged business, Into you've got quite a broad spectrum of member, right? So you'll yes. have the smaller regional pharmacy, and you'll have the some larger, larger. metro pharmacies. Yes, you know, when the delivery of services does it differ depending on what pharmacy it is, or are you trying to roll out a consistent, you know, across oh, twelve no. hundred pharmacies no. a consistent offer? I think you've got you've got different brands and um, yes. and they have diff they have very different offerings yes. and they will continue to compete in the marketplace as they have been, um, you know, and people and those brands have been around for you know those brands have been around for some of them for twenty years and they will continue to compete and you know members yeah there are members that want to be part of Advantage Pharmacy because it's a neighbourhood model um, yes. or Alliance Pharmacy because uh, it suits their needs there are members that want to be part of a larger footprint. Um, discount model and and be compliant, and then you, there's the other the other stream of members that you know want to be truly independent, and they want to be the hero of their pharmacy, and yes. we provide that white label solution for them, you know, where it's Norman's Pharmacy, and yes. you are the hero, and everything is around you and your local community, where there's no branding, 
And yeah, we as the franchisor need to be cognizant of that. And we need to make you the hero in your local community. And that, and that needs to continue going forward. What are you doing in relation to developing that customer engagement? Because it is, you know, you do have the local hero like me. Uh, and then you have the, you'll have other guys in your group, or owners in your group, pardon me, that uh, own multiple stores that aren't in their store. Yeah. Um, how are you managing that in terms of the customer engagement and getting that level of um, consistency? Well, it depends on, I guess it depends on the brand. So when you look at sort of, yeah, like the challenges from a brand direction, it depends sort of what brand you're under. Yes. Um, yeah, so from a brand perspective, when you look at the, um, like a discount model, the, the biggest challenge in our CDC Chemist Discount Center brand was the click and collect. Our yes. customer, the pharmacist, their demand based on their consumer was they wanted click and collect. As a franchisor, I needed to respond to that demand um, to give them what they wanted was to, was to be able to process e-prescriptions, tokens, um, and actually process those in an efficient way because the, all those stores have the same point of sale IT platform. So that yes. was actually easy. Um, and then that has then accelerated um, a white label e-commerce platform for other independent pharmacies. But that was the that was a challenge in that kind of in that group of stores. Um, the next sort of um, sort of challenge was for the brands was um, how do you support franchisees in the way that to best communicate to the to the public? And one of the biggest exactly, shifts exactly the communication, the marketing piece. What are you yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the the biggest shifts that we've seen has been the shift away from printed material to using more digital channels. Right. And one of the things that we're seeing is we, we have always spoken about that um, shift towards digital and not as many catalogs. Now, everybody's got the fear of moving away from catalogs because our competitors are doing it. The supermarkets yes. are doing it. Yes. Some of the other big box pharmacy groups yes. are doing it. And therefore, you, you're, you're fearful. But one of the things that we found during the pandemic was people were not coming in specifically for catalogs. They changed to online. And, yes. you know, the... The QR codes and that sort of multi-channel strategy that that changed, and we needed to place a heavier emphasis on e-commerce website, um, make it more user-friendly, um, integrate payment options. Um, yeah, we've put more health-related information for members. Yeah, as, as public mm. access, um, mm. allowing them to make you know, bookings and vaccinations and all those sort of services. Um, yeah, we've had to refresh our social media um, outlook on our on our CDC um, site and just allow members um, or our, our customers to engage in that in that way. But also, you know, in that um, in that in that CDC brand. What we're able to do was, you know, change Google business listings, you know, regular updates on services availability, click and collect, um, products, consumables, um, yes. SEO optimization, all of those things. Um, but also one of the other things we found was, you know, the, the use of the loyalty card and how powerful loyalty became, not in terms of, you know, thinking of it as giving away points or a discount, but the how powerful the loyalty card became um, as a means of communication to the members. Um, and right. at certain times, you know, when whether it be about your trading hours, about, yes. you know, whether it be rat tests or certain products that you had. Yeah, and just on that point, I mean, how, how did you and the group and even at the store level, how did you measure that customer engagement? Oh, look, I, I guess you, you 
you know, there are some stores that actually had, you know, some you know, iPads and things and you could actually measure yes. that. But yeah, and, and there were some members that, that did that. But I, I guess you, you, you measure it and like, and we've done some, some member surveys as in like our stores, um, yes. and member engagement and, you know, the, the results are like, I don't have the, the stats offhand, but I think one of the most, one of the most pleasing things that came through from the membership was the way that we were nimble, the way that we engaged with them at the start of the pandemic, the, the fact that we had access and a timely access to the generics, which yes. they really appreciated, yes. um, and the fact that we were able to source things you know, such as the sanitizer, the masks, the yes. privacy screens, but also helping them put in the protocols. And I think you know people want to belong to a group, and I think we all want to belong to a group and, and you, know, you want to belong to a group which is substantial, which is there to actually help you. And I think they were looking at, what I found was people weren't looking for deals and trade. They yes. were looking for support. They were looking for, give me that something else. Help me stay open. Help me stay alive. Help me service my customers. Um, and it changed the narrative in the way that we engaged. And it, and it actually led to a far more pleasing relationship with our membership. And that's something- Isn't that an interesting outcome? Yeah, and it's it's something where, you know, people, um, and even with our suppliers, you know, like it it changed into a a different relationship. And yeah, it was was far more meaningful because they saw us then as a partner in their business. Like, how are you gonna help me as a franchisor stay open? And how are you gonna do what you said, which is service my local community? Yeah. I agree. I agree. If you, if you, if we just park the history for a moment, what do you think this post-pandemic world looks like as we come out the other end? And sure, the COVID's going to keep mutating, but it seems to be less um, severe. What do you think the the post-pandemic world and model looks like for pharmacy? I think there's a, there's a tremendous opportunity for for pharmacy to to connect with with its local community. I think. One of the things is that health has come to the forefront of people's minds. Yes. Um, I, I think when you when you talk to the banks, um, I, I think we've shown that we've been recession proof in the past. Yes. For those that are old enough to know, you know, um, you know we've gone through a, a recession and, and some tough times, and pharmacy has stood up. Um, yeah, you know, we've shown that we're being, you know, that we are pandemic proof. I yeah. think you know, banks look at pharmacy leases and say, well, yeah, you know, pharmacies are great payers. Um, and therefore, there's there's that aspect. There's the business aspect. I think to the community, um, I think that we've engaged with our communities like we've never done that before. Yeah. Can I can I just take a step back up into um, the group and and head office, if I can call it that? I don't particularly like yes. that term, but if I yes. call it that, yes. Um, you know, what's the group doing to leverage? Um, knowledge, skill, IT to help help the stores really get some traction at street level. What, what's, what's, what's being provided yeah. there? So like the mantra, you know, for us is really around, you know, our mantra is about helping shape the future of pharmacy and helping our members, you know, create healthier communities. That's, that's, mm. that's the vision. That's the vision of our group. So, you know, we are a member led organization. Uh, we've created this business yeah, it's been created by pharmacists for pharmacists. Yeah, we are member led. Yeah, but we are consumer obsessed. Yeah, and that's one of the things is that you know what does the consumer want? And one of the one of the learnings from this has been is what does the patient want? And how and how are we as the franchisor going to deliver that to the member? So if that means you know we are using and employing you know um, pharmacists more and more as our um, 
as our BDMs, as our business development managers. Yeah. So because so one they of the understand things, the business. And that's one of the things that we've actually found is that we've, yeah, yes, because a, a pharmacist can talk to both the front of shop staff as well as the pharmacist in a seamless manner because they can talk about the seven CPA, the programs, the services. And as a group, you know, we are developing you know, lots of those, not only what the Guild does, but we've mm. got our own programs and services through our Easy Clinic program and the things yes. that we're doing with the Guild. And one of the things that we find is that for a pharmacist, it becomes an easy conversation um, yes. and that becomes seamless. You know, we have a, a responsibility to make sure that, you know, people don't forget how to retail. You know, one of the things that yeah, has happened yes. in the last two years is I find, you know, it's it's been business as usual and people have been, staying alive they've just been trading to just yes. keep the business going yes. and to do what they were doing to stay active and to keep their doors open i think as we start to transition out of the out of the pandemic um we need to make sure that you know people do start to get back but you know when we ha we have a responsibility as a franchisor to help those members get back into retailing because fundamentally mm -hmm. They have front of shops. They have retail space that they are paying rental, and exactly. yeah, and that needs to perform. Exactly, exactly. Steve, um, last question: How do you see the future of pharmacy? I think it's I think it's positive. I, like I said, I think yeah, when you look at the, the the young students and the people that are coming through, I think there's going to be some great talent. I think pharmacists have engaged really well. Um, yeah, with the public over the last couple of years, and we've been at, at the forefront of delivering health solutions and engaging like we've never done before. And I think you know, ultimately, it, it's the public that vote, and, and the public have voted very strongly for our profession, the way that we stand in those local communities. Mm, I agree. That's fantastic. Thanks very much for the conversation, Steve. No worries. Thank you. I'm Norman Thury from Pitcher Pharmacy, and I've been in conversation with Steve Kastronakis from Platform Alliance Group.